Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Hello, and welcome to Not Another True Crime. I'm Danny Murphy. And I'm Sarah Levine. And today we have a special episode of one of our favorite podcasts to share with you. Pop Crime with host Kiki Monique, also known as The Talk of Shame. It is Kanye week here on Not Another True Crime. This coming Monday, we're doing an entire episode about Kanye's Donda Academy with Kiki as our guest. That episode was a lot of fun to record. I feel me and Sarah learned a lot about that Academy. Sushi's involved. I mean, a lot goes into it. We learned a lot. Kanye has some interesting fears, and that's all I'll say about that. (laughs) So today we thought we'd share the latest episode of Pop Crime with Kiki Monique, featuring a breakdown of the many ups and downs of Kanye West's career. Kiki tells us all about his business relationships and shares some surprising revelations about how he got to the point he's at today. So do us a favor and take a listen to this episode of Pop Crime. And if you like today's episode, which I know you will, and want to hear more, be sure to check out Pop Crime with Kiki Monique on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. I jumped on her Britney book recap one, and it was so much fun. And she has so many great guests every week. I love listening to it. So without further ado, here's Pop Crime with Kiki Monique, presented by Betches Media. And welcome to Pop Crime, where we discuss everything from the gossip to the gavel, the latest scandals, trending legal dramas, as well as the infamous crimes and dirty deeds of the pop culture past. I'm Kiki Monique. If you follow me online, you probably know me as the talk of shame, your go-to source for the biggest pop culture stories and famous trials. I love to consume all the news, books, TV, movies, and other media and break down the stories so you don't have to. Every week, I'll unpack a new story in the pop culture true crime world, either something that's happening in real time or a reach back into the past. And I'll even have some of your favorite creators, attorneys, journalists, other pop culture accounts, and more on the show to weigh in. Kanye West, who currently goes just by the moniker Ye, is a man who used to dominate the newsfeed and saturate our social media timelines day after day for his antics. But currently, and at the time of this recording, he's a pariah. Kanye has become like an apparition who only appears every now and again, sometimes in the physical, at varying locations around the world with his new partner, whom he identifies as his wife, Bianca Sensori, and sometimes in the abstract when Northwest talks about how she loves going to her dad's apartment on an episode of the Kardashians reality show. Ye has had his fair share of controversies and legal skirmishes. When you search the name Kanye West in the online case locator database, dozens of lawsuits going back years will appear. But truthfully, that's pretty typical when you're famous, and especially when you're famous and considered by many to be problematic and controversial. But only in the past year did these troubles seem to finally catch up with him. 
after going on an anti-Semitic rant and having his partnership with Adidas terminated, an investigative piece by Megan Toohey of the New York Times, published in October 2023, found these troubles didn't appear overnight and reportedly had been on the radar of Adidas executives a long time before they finally cut ties with the mogul. What's even more surprising, however, was that even after Kanye's banishment and Forbes proclaimed he had lost his billionaire status, many of his fans seemed unfazed by his cancellation. For example, according to the New York Times investigation by Tui, when Adidas unloaded their first round inventory of Yeezys after Kanye was terminated, it brought in nearly a half a billion dollars in sales. Ye is also currently facing lawsuits by four former teachers of Donda Academy, the unaccredited Christian private school that costs $15,000 per year, according to Rolling Stone, which Ye created in the midst of his empire expansion. The teachers claim that not only did the school violate health and safety codes with things like not having a janitor or nurse on staff and leaving expired medications stored improperly and unsupervised, they also claim the school had some bizarre rules like only serving sushi every day for lunch, and not allowing classes on the second floor because Kanye was allegedly afraid of stairs. The teachers claim that after they spoke out about the conditions, they were wrongfully terminated. Even with all the scandals and seriously questionable behavior, Ye has continued to go about his life appearing unbothered, getting caught by paps while seemingly getting frisky with Bianca on an Italian boat ride this summer, and more recently, performing a concert with Lil Durk and Ty Dolla Sign during Thanksgiving weekend in Dubai. But will the investigations and lawsuits finally lead to the fall of Ye? Later this episode, I'll be kikiing with Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy, hosts of Not Another True Crime Podcast, to address that question and more. Our main sources for today's episode are complaints filed in Superior Court for the State of California, County of Los Angeles, case number 23STCV07583 and case number 23STCV15676. The November 10th, 2023 episode of The Daily titled What Adidas Knew About Kanye, The New York Times, Forbes, Rolling Stone, Page Six, Bloomberg TV. The rest of the sources will be listed in our show notes. There was a time when Kanye West would make headlines for being unfiltered, and I not only agreed with him, but would cheer him on. After New Orleans was left devastated by Hurricane Katrina in 2005, the delayed response by the government and mismanagement of the crisis by FEMA left many people reeling. I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing when, several days after the hurricane, I watched Kanye standing next to comedian Mike Myers during a live televised fundraiser when Kanye proclaimed the President of the United States didn't care about black people. The destruction of the spirit of the people of southern Louisiana and Mississippi may end up being the most tragic loss of all. George Bush doesn't care about black people. Kanye became a hero and legend to many Black people that day because so many Black people had been feeling the same way but didn't have platforms or voices. But Kanye used his to stand up for the Black community and in doing that, gain trust and for some, unwavering loyalty. Which is why so many in the Black community were so unbelievably hurt in 2018 when Kanye went on TMZ Live and proclaimed with his whole chest that slavery was a choice. 
Do you hear about slavery for 400 years? For 400 years? That sounds like a choice. <laughs> like, you was there for 400 years and it's all of y'all? You know, like, it's like we're, we're mentally in prison. I like the word prison because slavery goes too, too direct to the uh, idea of blacks. It's like slavery, Holocaust, Holocaust Jews, uh, slavery is blacks. As Charles M. Blow wrote in his New York Times op-ed in 2022, quote, Ye should have become a pariah when he was talking about slavery as a choice, making a mockery of Black ancestors whose suffering was anything but a choice. But Ye wasn't vanquished. He offered a weak tea apology and the odiousness of the offense faded. People packed his concerts and bought his clothing. Corporations flocked to be associated with him, end quote. At the time Kanye made the deplorable slavery comment, he was five years into his partnership with Adidas, but also two years under the morals clause that Adidas added during a contract renewal in 2016, according to the New York Times. The launch of the season one Yeezy shoe in 2015 had been a resounding hit. The collaboration had proven successful. So why was a morality clause added three years after his initial partnership? And why hadn't Adidas decided to enforce that clause and terminate Kanye after his slavery comment in 2018. Adidas was reportedly aware of Kanye's reputation as a disruptive character when he signed with them in 2013. According to the New York Times, almost immediately after Ye signed his initial deal with Adidas, he allegedly invited executives over to his New York apartment and made them watch pornography. Then weeks after the alleged pornography incident, Kanye was in Germany to review designs of his first shoe drop, and according to the New York Times, who spoke with two attendees at that meeting, Kanye was so unimpressed with the designs, he pulled out a marker and drew a swastika on the sketch of the shoe. Meanwhile, former and current Adidas employees who spoke with the New York Times claimed there were regular outbursts of verbal abuse, sexually explicit and offensive comments, and angry eruptions by Kanye. But as was stated in the Daily Podcast with investigative journalist Tui, who interviewed these employees, it seemed that Adidas held the attitude that it was the price of doing business with a polarizing figure and creative genius. Ye expanded his vision to other businesses and ideas, one of which was co-founding a youth arts charity in Chicago called Donda's House, named after his late mother, Donda West, and created with his good friend, Rhymefest. While his charitable ventures were on the rise in 2016, Adidas was able to create an out for themselves by inserting a morals clause into Kanye's new agreement, which was being negotiated by Kanye's then-manager, Scooter Braun. According to the New York Times, Scooter wanted a minimal morals clause that could only terminate the partnership if there was criminal activity committed by Kanye, but executives and counsel for Adidas wanted a more specific clause and were unwilling to settle for less than the requested terms. The New York Times reported they reviewed a copy of Kanye's contract and says the morals clause stated that the cause for termination would include, quote, felony conviction, bankruptcy, 30 consecutive days of mental health or substance abuse treatment, or anything that brings disrepute, contempt, scandal to him or tarnishes Adidas. So why hadn't Adidas enforced the morals clause after the slavery as a choice rhetoric Kanye had spewed on TMZ? In addition to not terminating the relationship with Kanye after that, the company went on to defend his successful collaboration with Adidas. 
Casper Worstead, then CEO of Adidas, went on Bloomberg TV and made it clear they were standing by Kanye. He's extremely creative and has, together with Adi, uh, you know, created a Yeezy line, which was very successful. Um, and then as creative people, you know, he did some statements which wasn't that good. And, and that caused Adi to break the contract and withdraw the product. Very unfortunate because um, I don't think he meant what he said. In 2018, Ye began to show public support for Donald Trump, much to the dismay of a large part of his fan base. It even led to a very public falling out with his friend Rhymefest. Rhymefest accused Ye of abandoning the Donda's house charity, and even Kim Kardashian jumped in to defend her husband in a barrage of tweets saying Rhymefest, quote, hadn't been the same since he was kicked out of the studio wearing fake Yeezys. And it didn't stop there. The New York Times reported on a, quote, 17-minute tirade in Sacramento during Kanye's first tour in years. In addition to more Trump praise, he bashed Google, Mark Zuckerberg, Beyonce, and Jay-Z, and then walked off stage and canceled the rest of the shows on the tour. When Kanye returned to L.A. after that incident, his former trainer, Harley Pasternak, came to his house and, according to the New York Times, found Kanye, quote, consumed with paranoid thoughts. Harley reportedly convinced Kanye to come to an office close by with him, and Kanye allegedly packed suitcase filled with pots, pans, and Tupperware for the short trip. The New York Times reported that Harley had to be deposed by Kanye's touring company due to the incident and claimed that a psychiatrist and doctor who saw Kanye witnessed his escalating behavior and called 911 to report that he needed to be hospitalized. Kanye was hospitalized for a week after that episode and reportedly began taking meds to treat bipolar disorder. Kanye has publicly addressed his mental health and bipolar diagnosis, but later made claims that he was misdiagnosed. And according to the New York Times, as of 2018, Kanye was off his meds. At the same time, Ye began publicly flaunting his newfound friendship with conservative firebrand Candace Owens, who has made her contempt of Black Lives Matter and the Democratic Party very well known. This was also the same time Kanye made the slavery was a choice comment on TMZ, but that wouldn't be the last time Ye made disparaging anti-Black comments, and it was also when Kanye's anti-Semitic comments began rearing their ugly head as well. I'm Betches co-founder Jordana Abraham, and this episode is brought to you by Instacart. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on, while she's sneezing, coughing, aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us, trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues to tea to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! 
at participating McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. According to the New York Times, during that same TMZ interview in 2018, Kanye allegedly said, quote, it was important to love everyone, including Nazis. The New York Times claims that Scooter Braun called the founder of TMZ, Harvey Levin, and got that taken out of the interview before it aired. TMZ did not comment on the alleged phone call. In a separate alleged incident, John Wexler, who at the time was Adidas's global director of entertainment and influencer marketing, told associates that Kanye had expressed a similar sentiment to him when, according to the New York Times, he allegedly told him to, quote, hang a photo of Hitler in his kitchen and kiss it every day to practice unconditional love. The New York Times reported that a source who was privy revealed that in 2018, Kanye told Adidas executives about a large settlement that was paid to an executive at Yeezy who accused him of commending Hitler and creating a hostile workplace. The settlement was reportedly seven figures. The ongoing flare-ups with Kanye allegedly became so regular that in 2018, a text message group chat was created with various Adidas executives and managers called the Yeezy Hotline to deal with Yay-related problems. Despite all the red flags and issues, the Yeezy sneaker line was highly profitable and more importantly, relevant, making Adidas a real competitor in the sneaker space. It seemed that no matter what Ye did or said, he was untouchable. And it was clear he believed that too. Ye continued to push forward with his other passion projects in the midst of all this. In 2020, Kanye tweeted a promotional video that teased the launch of his Yeezy Christian Academy, showing several kids wearing blue t-shirts with YCA in big letters across them. Included in this video were his and Kim's daughter North and son Saint, and Kourtney Kardashian's kids with her former partner Scott Disick, Mason and Penelope. The kids in the video repeated the mantra, quote, Dear future, I still believe in you. We still believe in you. We believe in our families. In our future, we will heal. Our future has homes for everyone. Our future has food for everyone. Our future has love. Jesus loves everyone. Let's lead with love. Our future is waiting on us. The press release for Yeezy Christian Academy only described it as Kanye's, quote, latest initiative for education. And other than some posts about the Academy's five pillars and a few of the activities, it seemed the YCA was akin to a temporary summer camp and appeared to just fizzle out as the last Instagram post for the YCA was made on October 28, 2020. But perhaps YCA was just phase one of Kanye's school vision, and maybe it was Donda Academy that became Kanye's fully realized dream. Kanye announced the launch of Donda Academy to the public in 2022, though it had actually been operating a year prior to that, starting in November 2021. Donda Academy was an unaccredited Christian private school for grades pre-K through 12 that enrolled roughly 100 students and was located in Simi Valley, California. 
Donda Academy was named after Kanye's late mother, Donda West, who held a doctorate in English education and was a professor for 31 years. Education and schooling were very important to Donda, and in her memoir, Raising Kanye, Life Lessons from the Mother of a Hip-Hop Star, she wrote that she, quote, emphasized education from the time Kanye was two years old. On the website, Donda Academy touted a curriculum of worship, language arts, math, science, and enrichment courses that included film and parkour. But it's evident that two of Donda Academy's staple programs were the choir, which was birthed from Kanye's weekly Sunday service event that started in L.A. in 2019, and the basketball program that was meant to rival Sierra Canyon, which is an elite L.A. prep school that LeBron James's son, Bronny, attends. On September 2nd, 2021, the X, formerly Twitter, account at Donda's Place tweeted the school's mission statement, and publications like Sports Illustrated began announcing the high school recruits that would be joining the Donda Academy basketball program. The school became the home to an elite prep basketball team known as the Donda Doves. After securing a deal with Adidas, which at the time was home to Kanye's popular Yeezy sneakers, Donda Academy got commitments from three five-star basketball prospects, Jalen Hooks, Robert Dillingham, and Ja'Kai Howard. Their debut game was played November 6, 2021, against Minnesota Prep at the Target Arena, home to professional basketball team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. According to CBS Sports, Kanye himself reportedly slid into the DMs of other high-profile rising basketball stars to recruit them to Donda, and there were even talks of Donda Academy playing against LeBron James's son, Bronny, in the Lakers' home arena, formerly known as the Staples Center. In the high school sports world, Donda Academy was slowly making its mark, but there was very little talk about what type of academic learning was happening at Donda. By the fall of 2022, Donna Academy was officially launched to the public and was in full swing. But over at Adidas, several of Ye's former allies had left. And according to the New York Times, Adidas began releasing shoes with nearly identical designs as the Yeezy brand, but selling them under a different name. Kanye claimed Adidas had stolen his designs and reportedly demanded a percentage of those sales. Kanye then took to social media in nearly daily rants to blast Adidas, its executives, and calling on his famous friends to boycott the brand. And then to really drive home the point, apparently, decided it was time for more pornography when he allegedly showed up to the LA office and showed a porno movie about a woman and her cheating boyfriend to executives as a way to explain the betrayal he felt over this alleged shoe design theft, according to the New York Times. Kanye continued to make headline news that fall when he staged a surprise Yeezy fashion show during Paris Week in October 2022 and invited Candace Owens. Both Candace and he went viral when they were photographed at the show wearing shirts with the words White Lives Matter emblazoned across them. According to the Anti-Defamation League, the phrase White Lives Matters is a, quote, white supremacist phrase that originated in early 2015 as a racist response to the Black Lives Matter movement. Kanye took to social media again, calling Black Lives Matters a scam in an Instagram story, according to the New York Post. Kanye also posted more anti-Semitic vitriol in a now-deleted post that read, quote, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going death con three on Jewish people. The funny thing is, I actually can't be anti-Semitic because Black people are actually Jew also. 
You guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone whoever opposes your agenda, end quote. The post finally got him banned from Twitter, according to NPR. And a couple weeks later, Kanye appeared in an interview with Piers Morgan on Talk TV to apologize for that comment, saying, quote, I'm sorry for the people that I hurt with Death Con, the confusion that I caused. I feel like I caused hurt and confusion. And I'm sorry for the families of the people that had nothing to do with the trauma that I've been through and that I use my platform where you say hurt people hurt people and I was hurt, end quote. After all these occurrences, there still was no action from Adidas, who seemingly could have enacted their morals clause termination, but did not. But it seems Kanye finally went a step too far when he continued to spew his belief that he was untouchable in an interview on a Drink Champs podcast episode released in October 22, where he claimed that even his anti-Semitic comments could not get him fired by Adidas. The thing about it, me and Adidas, is like... I could literally say anti-Semitic shit and they can't drop me. I could say anti-Semitic things and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? Now what? You know what I'm saying? So that's the position. That's the reason why when I was talking to Cube, I said, y'all gonna hold my ground. I'm not backing down. In October 22, with the White Lives Matter controversy, George Floyd death conspiracy, and anti-Semitic rants, every brand began distancing themselves from Kanye. Vogue said they'll never work with him again, and Balenciaga and Gap ended their partnerships with him. During all this controversy, Donda Academy temporarily shut down, but opened a few hours later, according to the New York Post. However, as of the time of this recording, the website Donda.org no longer exists, and no source has reported on Donda Academy's current operational status, except for Wikipedia, which itself is confused about where it stands. After condemnation of Kanye's comments by politicians, Hollywood bigwigs, and leaders in the Jewish community, on October 25th, 2022, Adidas finally terminated their deal with Kanye. The company released a statement saying, quote, Ye's recent comments and actions have been unacceptable, hateful, and dangerous, and they violate the company's values of diversity and inclusion, mutual respect, and fairness. Adidas immediately stopped selling Yeezys, and according to the New York Times, the company was about to experience its first annual loss in decades. Ye's net worth also shot down significantly, and he went from the three-comma club to the two-comma club, according to Forbes. Ye and Adidas ended up in arbitration, where, according to court records reviewed by the New York Times, Adidas accused Ye of destroying a multi-billion dollar collab with his comments and Ye accused Adidas of devaluing the Yeezy brand with their greed and opportunism. A class action suit was filed by Adidas shareholders, claiming they failed to, quote, disclose the risk a toxic partner posed to the company. Around the same time, an open letter written by members of the Yeezy team was leaked to Rolling Stone and accused Adidas leadership of turning a blind eye to Kanye's problematic behavior. Adidas released a statement to the New York Times that denied the claims in the class action lawsuit and planned to fight it. They also claimed they did an investigation into the claims raised by employees in that internal letter and that the most serious complaints about anti-Semitic remarks, discrimination, and harassment were unsubstantiated. 
Adidas had a PR problem and a financial problem, and it seemed they could alleviate their issues slightly when Ye and Adidas agreed to release some of the $1.3 billion worth of Yeezy inventory that had been sitting idle in warehouses around the world. According to the New York Times, the companies agreed that a portion of those sales would go to the Anti-Defamation League and a portion would go to an organization set up by George Floyd's family. However, the majority of the sales would go into Adidas's pockets, of which Kanye was still entitled to a percentage of. Despite all the controversy Ye had riled up, his loyal fan base seemed unvexed by it, and their appetite for Yeezys was still voracious. According to the New York Times, the first drop of Yeezys sold quickly and brought in $437 million and there are still millions of dollars still remaining in inventory for future sales that Ye and Adidas can profit from. While Adidas scrambles to recover from the Yeezy fallout, Ye continues to deal with legal issues apart from Adidas and Yeezy. Former teachers of Donda Academy filed lawsuits in the Los Angeles County Courthouse, and the claims they make about the school, the directors of the school, and even about Kanye himself are almost unbelievable. According to the factual allegations listed in the lawsuit complaint, Cecilia Haley was brought in as a substitute teacher to Donda Academy in November 2022 and then hired as a third grade teacher in January. Her daughter, Chikari Byers, was also employed by Donna Academy in January 2023. She was placed as a fifth grade teacher. They say they were the only female Black teachers at the school. Cecilia had over 25 years of experience as an educator and says in the complaint that she immediately detected multiple health and safety violations and unlawful education practices and that she complained about these violations to the school principal, Moira Love, on at least three different occasions. According to the lawsuit filing, both Cecilia and Chikari claim they went to Principal Love and brought up numerous issues and violations they claim they witnessed. The following list is taken directly from the lawsuit and are all allegations. They say the school didn't follow state regulations for students in need of educational services, additional testing, or individualized learning plans. That teachers were not trained or required to have basic life support. That there was a lack of a proper disciplinary system and that several students with bullying issues weren't properly addressed. There were no janitorial services and no trash cans outside of classrooms or the kitchen no school nurse on staff, and school didn't follow nutritional guidelines. They said that students were not allowed to bring outside food and the only beverage allowed was water, and that the only lunch available every single day was sushi. The teachers claim that Kanye spent $10,000 a week on sushi. They say the school didn't have safety precautions, there was no protocol for students with medical needs, and that medication was stored in the janitor's closet and expired medication was laying around unsupervised. They say one student's EpiPen was stored on top of the microwave and it was never communicated to the staff that the student had an allergy or needed medications. They say students were allowed to be picked up on campus by strangers, that random strangers were allowed to come in and out without sign-ins. They say the school was physically locked from the outside during the school day and that students were not allowed to go outside. They also say their paychecks were regularly inaccurate and not paid on time. The former teachers also claim in the lawsuit that there were just some strange rules and restrictions they observed. They claim that Kanye did not allow crossword puzzles or coloring sheets. 
that no classes were allowed on the second floor because Kanye was scared of stairs. They claimed that Kanye didn't want kids to use forks or utensils and required all cups and bowls to be gray. They say Kanye didn't allow color in the classrooms or artwork hung on the walls. They say teachers and children were not allowed to wear jewelry because supposedly Kanye dislikes jewelry. They say he didn't allow kids to sit on chairs and they had to sit on foam cushions or stand and that teachers also had to stand or use a stool. They say that Nike and Adidas brands were banned and everyone had to wear black from head to toe. They also say there were no lunch tables and students had to eat on the floor all during the same lunch period and indoors. Cecilia and Chikari said no action was taken to remedy their complaints, and they said that instead Principal Love called them, quote, aggressive, which they felt was a racially motivated statement because they are Black and viewed as confrontational for simply voicing their legitimate concerns. Then in March 2023, the plaintiffs claimed they were met in the parking lot when they arrived for work and told they were fired effective immediately. They said they asked for a reason and were not given an answer as to why. They believe they were terminated in retaliation for their complaints about the school. So how was Donda Academy able to perpetrate all these lawsuit-worthy allegations without any of it leaking? Sources who spoke with Rolling Stone for a piece about Donda Academy published in September 2022 claimed families are required to sign confidentiality agreements. When asked about the confidentiality agreements, a Donda Academy consultant who spoke with Rolling Stone for that same piece stated that parents sign a, quote, informal agreement. Singer Keisha Cole mentioned the NDA in a tweet after removing her 12-year-old son Daniel from Donda Academy, according to Yahoo News. In November 2022, Keisha tweeted, quote, and there was no NDA sign. I don't know who may have, but that wasn't brought up to us. Keisha also explained in her tweet that she removed her son from the school after Kanye got into an argument on social media with rapper Boozy. Boozy had criticized Kanye for his White Lives Matter shirt, and Kanye responded, saying he'd, quote, shoot up the school. Keisha said that scared her. In June 2023, another former teacher, Tamani Meeks, joined the lawsuit with Cecilia and Shikari. According to Forbes, Tamani was fired before the other two women, but alleges she witnessed the same illegal code violations and alleges that she was terminated without reason after raising complaints. Shortly after the third teacher came forward, a fourth teacher filed another lawsuit against Donda Academy in July 2023. According to Page Six, Isaiah Meadows claims he was fired in retaliation for also raising concerns about safety at the school, including the school not having windows because Meadows claims in his suit that Ye does not like glass. Meadows also claimed there were smells of mold, exposed electrical wires, no hot water, and an overflowing septic tank. In addition to Donda Academy and Kanye West being named as defendants in the lawsuit, three directors were also named in the suit. Breanne Campbell was hired as the principal and executive director of Donda. Her LinkedIn profile shows her previous experience included teaching classes at her piano, guitar, and singing lessons business. Campbell also served as the choir director for Kanye's Sunday service. Allison Tidwell, who was titled as assistant principal in a Business Insider article from October 2022, was also named as a defendant in the suit, as well as Chris Julian, another director at Donda. 
But according to Fox LA, in August 2023, all three directors were dismissed from the original lawsuit filed by Cecilia and Chikari. The reasons for the dismissal are not given, and the judge reportedly signed an order to maintain the confidentiality in regards to documents and testimony, including depositions that were given. Ye's attorney also submitted a request to dismiss him as a defendant from the case as well. And according to page six, that ruling was originally set to take place on January 4th, 2024. However, according to court documents recently submitted in November 2023, the plaintiffs have filed a second amended complaint and therefore Ye will have to submit an amended objection to that complaint. So the hearing to determine whether Kanye will be dismissed from this case is still TBD as of the time of this recording. A trial date for that case is set for April 9th, 2025, and a trial date for the Meadows case is set for April 14th, 2025. What does the future of Ye look like? Is there a redemption story after all this controversy? And if so, how and where does it begin? Aikiki with Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy from Not Another True Crime Podcast to unpack these questions and more up next. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Add a berry blast off for your day with the new berry pebbles. A berry twist on a classic breakfast. Perfect for giving those growing minds a blast of creativity. <laughs> with the new berry way to pebbles. Yabba dabba do you with berry pebbles. Head to postpebblescereal.com to learn more. Yabba dabba do and the Flintstones and all related characters and elements. Copyright and trademark Hanna-Barbera. This episode is brought to you by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough reinvention. Explore the human-led tech-powered solutions that help you reinvent. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at pwc.com. So I can think of no better people to talk about Kanye with other than Sarah Levine and Danny Murphy from Not Another True Crime Podcast. Welcome to Pop Crime, you guys. <laughs> oh, thank you for having us, Kiki. We're so excited to be here. First, I just want to know, like, what, you know, pre-anti-Black, anti-Semitic 
Kanye? Like, what was your relationship with Kanye? I mean, obviously none of us have a close relationship, but I mean, like, as far as like, were you a fan? Did you listen to his music? Did you buy Yeezy? Is like, what was your relationship? I mean, I had the the glass, like, I, when, when I was growing up, like, he was the music that was always on at a party or, like, a school dance or something like that. And I was like, okay, this is fun. I had the glasses with the little, like, blinders on them and everything like that. I never had Yeezys just because while I thought he was a genius of music, I, the Yeezys weren't for Meezys. Like, they were not, <laughs> I, I did not vibe with them aesthetically regarding that. But, yeah, I definitely had his music on rotation more often than not. Or a good amount. <laughs> I feel like it was, yeah, it was hard not to. Like, there was a point in time where, I mean, his music was just so good. And then I feel like once he went to this sort of more avant-garde place, I was like, ah, this isn't for me. I remember I went to a festival where he headlined and his fans were like just these hordes of like 16-year-old assholes. And I was like, ah, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to because even when we're talking about it, I'm like hitting songs that are coming in my head out of my head. You know what I mean? Because now he's at that level where I'm just like, I'm like, no, don't, don't, don't start humming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really hard too because, um, you know, obviously – I think that the black community has like a different relationship. You know, I've talked about sort of like he kind of, you know, did some hero moments because he had such a big platform. And so he sort of gained this trust and loyalty that we really, you know, it was like hard to like break. Um, you know, and it was like, but when you see someone do terrible stuff, you know, when R. Kelly went down, I I don't know. I had no problem being like, I don't care if I listen to another R. Kelly song again. I'll admit, like, I hear a Kanye song on and it's like, I get sad and I just want to listen to it because I still really like the music. And, you know, I start doing that thing where I'm like, can I separate the artist from the art? And I feel it is that hard thing too, because there's so many, like, because he's had such a long career at a very formative times for, I feel a lot of people like of our age and unpacking everything, it just is tied to so many memories too. And you just have, the, and that's why it is that like mixed bag of emotions. And I feel it is that like important, like internal talks you have with yourself. Where you're like, Oh God, like, can I even, would I even feel good if I played the song through? I, yeah. I feel yeah. like it's so different to just throw out ignition remix versus like albums on albums of hits. It's, it can be hard. It totally is. Now, did you get a chance to read the New York Times piece where they really kind of broke down this breakdown in the relationship with Adidas? I mean, really what it went into was that, you know, it seems Adidas was really aware, right? I mean, I think we all knew that Kanye was very out there, right? And, you know, we'd already at this point, you know, he had jumped on stage with Taylor Swift and done all of those things. We'd done these crazy things that we were sort of acceptable. But it seems like a lot of the anti-Semitic stuff, and obviously we saw him go on TMZ and say slavery was a choice, all of those things were happening and it seemed like Adidas was choosing profits over, you know, getting Shocking. rid of it. Do you think <laughs> <laughs> a company choosing money over the right thing? Kiki. <laughs> no. I mean, do you think that, you know, I mean, Adidas is somewhat to blame, you know, like if they had sort of like stepped in much earlier, like we wouldn't be where we are today? I, I kind of I feel almost if it's a thing where uh, I would never I could never imagine, unfortunately, a company stepping in and intervening until they're pushed to the point of, oh, now this is gonna dip our profit and our uh, credibility and everything like that. So I couldn't even imagine a world where that would. But if they tried to, I could just picture 
Kanye jumping to another brand and then that brand being like, okay, well, we'll just do it. So I don't, you know what I mean? It's that hard thing where like a company, they should have done it to show to their consumers or even not consumers like where we stand before it got to the point where they actually were told by a crisis PR firm, I'm assuming, that they have to. You know what I mean? Like, that would have been nicer to see than them being, like, painted into a corner than having to do it. But I'm not sure. I don't know if it would have changed Kanye's trajectory. Yeah, I mean, I think one of, like, for me, one of the wildest things was, and one of the most chilling things was that audio hearing him on the Drinks Champs podcast saying, you know, I could say anti-Semitic things and Adidas won't get rid of me, right? That was, like, a really chilling thing to say. But then flash forward to they get rid of him, then they decide to unload this, you know, over a billion dollars in inventory and they sell almost half a billion kind of like immediately. Like, Sarah, when you see that, what does that say to you? Like, do you feel like people, do you think that people are thinking he doesn't believe these things and that's why I can support him? Or why do you think it's 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 happening? Well, it's interesting because, like, I feel like I remember reading something in The Times or some other publication that was actually like, oh, Kanye, it, this wasn't just a, a random pivot that's happened in the last, like, year now that anti-Semitism is so just out in the open. Like, he was praising Hitler for years to people that he knew, which I think was, was super shocking to me. Um... I don't know. I mean, who's buying this stuff? Is is he now in with like the neo-Nazi fan base? Is that I, I have no idea, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's what I don't know either. I mean, I I wonder if it's just people who chalk it up to it's mental health, right? People want, like to throw the whole mental health thing, but I know lots of people have mental health issues who aren't uh, anti-Semitic <laughs> and anti-Black, right? Or is it yeah. just people <laughs> like, well, shit, now I can finally afford the Yeezys and they just don't give a fuck, so. <laughs> or, because that's, I'm like, they're like, okay, on a rainy day in 10 years, maybe he'll come back and I'll a- have exactly. a collector's you item. never know. Like, you know, recessions at everybody. But I know, I think it is that weird thing where people are, they also, I think like, troll culture which doesn't really dive into it but people just love sensationalism and stories like this they kind of feel they're like oh I want to buy it now because it is such this polarizing thing to have it and I feel I don't know where that like A to B of the mentality goes but I definitely I feel like there are definitely a group of people buying it just because they're like oh now like this is a thing and it's getting thrown out so now I want it and it's crazy and everyone's talking about it yeah I mean is it also because, I mean, obviously we see all the time in Hollywood, you know, rede- we love a redemption story, right? First of all, we love a redemption <laughs> story. Um, most of the time, though, it doesn't, you know, you don't get to this point of like, you know, like, in a f- do you see in a future where Ye can come back into the mainstream? Oh, totally. Not Not even because we love a redemption story, but because like people don't really often face lasting consequences for doing bad stuff. And I think also, wasn't it like literally this week he has a new song out? And then because I just saw like Chris Brown was defending himself for dancing to it. So I'm like, is, did he ever leave like the comeback? He's, and also with this new, with the Bianca wife, not wife, like he's been able to become a main, he hasn't, he hasn't lost any, I'm sure he's lost some financial deals, obviously, but he hasn't lost the conversation that surrounds him. And I feel that is just what keeps people going in like Hollywood and pop culture and entertainment and everything like that. So I can't imagine him just ever being like, okay, guys, I'm just done throwing in the towel. I'm all good. He's just igniting more people. 
Yeah, I mean, it was surprising. I mean, he did. I did. I did see Chris Brown. I think it was in page six. Like, had to defend himself because you know he's come out with this song, and then one of the lyrics is, um, you know, how can I be anti-Semitic? I just fucked a Jewish bitch, right? And obviously, fanning the flames. And you like again, you're like, why are you stepping into this space? Leave us out of it. Again. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it like? Do you feel like Sarah? Like he's trolling the Jewish community at this oh, point? God. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to speak for all the Jewish community, but it's like, it's just, it's, it's annoying. It, I mean, it, there's also that lyric, right? How can I be homophobic? My bitch is gay. I feel like it's just. I know you are, but what am I? Type? I don't know. Like yeah. it's just, it's just ridiculous. It's also just annoying and not a legitimate argument, obviously. <laughs> yeah, and like, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of weird too because you know, obviously Chris Brown, who you know, I have my oh, own oh, other I issues mean, with, yeah. but you know, Chris. Oh, Brown, that's another pop crime. I yeah. know, right? And then Chris Brown feels like let me let me go and defend myself. Isn't it weird though if you want to maintain a relationship with somebody, but then you feel like you always have to explain that relationship away. Doesn't that say something about that relationship? Like, I I don't feel like I should always have to explain my relationship. It probably means I shouldn't have a relationship with that person. Yeah. I feel Chris Brown is just excited. It's no longer everybody around him still collaborating with him has to explain the relationship. So now he's like, hey, what did you guys say when you did a song with me? Okay, now I'm going to say that when I'm listening to Kanye West's song. But I know I would want to, you would think someone would want to take some steps back, but then you'd think a lot of things about people and then they do the opposite. <laughs> so, I mean, look, I do think, I mean, obviously he's in Dubai, Kanye's in Dubai. He's like on a tour. It seems like people are like buying tickets. Um, you know, we know that there is, you know, still this Yeezy inventory. Clearly there's an appetite for it. Um, so it seems like in that realm there is possibility of chance of uh, of a comeback. Um, I, you know, what I did want to get your opinion. You know, there's a lot of rumors. That, first of all, has anyone ever heard Bianca Sensori's voice? Has she spoken? Do we know what she sounds like? Do, like is she AI? Like, is she a real person? I could see that. <laughs> yes, I could. I mean, do you believe any of the rumors about, you know, she's being controlled by Kanye, that when she went to, you know, Australia, that she was, it was a chance to escape? Like, do you believe any of these rumors or do you think that she's there because, um, you know, people who date Kanye get clout? I, it's hard because I think because she started as an employer at Yeezy and had a higher position. So I feel there definitely is weird elements of power dynamics and the allure and mystery of this man and I think there's a lot of complicated factors with that of course like you would I would almost I would prefer if she's just like Julia Fox is having a great life right now I would love to be doing that right now yeah I feel it kind with her it seems like there's more murky territory just from like photos we're seeing and also because when Julia was dating Kanye, we like you said, we heard a lot of her voice and she kind of used that moment. And I feel even she would say from time to time, she's like, this is kind of crazy and something that I'm doing. And it didn't last as long as this versus this one. It kind of is taking on an entire life of its own. Yeah, I was going to say it feels like this has gone on too long for it to just be like a clout PR thing. Right. So I know it's like she really likes them or something or something. <laughs> What do you think, you know, the Kardashians are thinking through all this? I mean, obviously, you know, Kim has, what, four kids with Kanye. But then, you know, the 
the people I think about the most are really their cousins, right? You got Penelope Mason. I can't remember all the Kourtney Kardashian <laughs> kids, but Scott Disick is Jewish, right? And he has to like, and obviously Kanye has to come around and interact with his kid. You know, like, what do you think in general, like is going through the Kardashians head through all of all of this? I don't know. I am. I'm honestly kind of, I felt sad when Kim and Kanye broke up because I thought she was a good I don't know. I thought they were like a good couple together because they were both such kind of like megalomaniacs that it really just worked. Yeah. I have no idea what they're thinking. I feel it's one of those things where the Kardashians, they love, it's almost like a tension that's not out of their control because like they all are very good at kind of having everything in line and even that they're like um, dealing with all the topics on the show, even with a lot of their exes or relationships and stuff like that, they realize like how to have themselves open in that way. I think this took on a beast of its own. I feel like I don't even know if Kris Jenner can conquer this, but uh, I know it is very interesting what they what must be going through them, and also the conversations they have to have with the kids well, too. Yeah, well, yeah, because like I feel like you know I don't know if you've been watching the season of the Kardashians. What I find so interesting about this season is it seems that it's a very big redemption tour for. Uh, for Tristan Thompson. Huh. Like Chris is putting a lot of her energy into making Tristan look good. And obviously, you know, Tristan didn't, didn't, didn't do the things that Kanye did, but I think he did some pretty like, you know, disgusting things. And so I, I find it interesting that, you know, she wants to redeem him. I'm curious if, you know, Chris could even touch Kanye in that way in the future, just for the sake of like, her family. I don't know if she would even go there, right? I wonder. I know. I know. Speechless. <laughs> like it's a well, lot. The, the self-serving part of me is like, well, is she just rehabilitating Tristan so that everybody stops clowning Chloe every time she like gets mm, back with him? Interesting. That's that's my conspiracy brain. <laughs> oh, my conspiracy theory is she is like this is now giving days of our lives where it's sort of like we need this arc. Chloe, we Chloe, you people are asking you a lot of questions. You want to just have this be going on. And Courtney's mainly doing all the talk, like having all these sit-downs with him. That is just you get to see Courtney in the way you like Courtney, kind of as like the protective, like root, like uh, like not holding any punches type of situation, too. So it seems like it is compelling television. But also, I'm not watching, so are they also rehabilitating Jordan Woods? Because I feel that was, you know, fucked up. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, you know, we they are. Okay, and good. then the, if, I don't know if you just saw there was an interview. Jennifer Lawrence interviewed uh, Kylie Jenner and then like they were, you know, and in it, Kylie said she actually never stopped talking to Jordan. She said, you know, they, you know, still checked in with each other. And she said it was actually good for them to have that moment to separate because she was really codependent on Jordan and it gave them chance to grow. So I thought it was interesting that they actually never really gave up their relationship. So, um, you know, I think that the audience probably wants a little more uh, because, I mean, Jordan got, you know, she got kind of run through the ringer. And, and I mean, even Tristan on this season, he's like, apologizing to Kylie for losing her friend. And he goes, oh, and and let Jordan know. I'm sorry, too. <laughs> he didn't even want to apologize. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just not here for the that, Tristan. Not at all. I'm like, Jordan is the reason that I was like, okay, let me find how to watch Facebook Watch Live 
to see her on the Red Table Talk because I was like, this is the one that made me log back into Facebook. So she went through so much. And I do, but I am happy to know that her and Kylie still had their little texting thing because maybe now Jordan in a few years can let us know all about Timothy Chalamet. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, And look, I know a lot of the stuff around Kanye is heavy, but I I don't know if you know much about the Donda Academy lawsuit. You know, that I just find a bit more entertaining. I mean, it's just, again, it very much shows uh, a lot of, Kanye's alleged uh, avant-gardeness, I guess we want to call it. Um, You know, supposedly the kids uh, couldn't bring any outside food and allegedly Kanye would order $10,000 of sushi a week and that was the only lunch that they were serving. It's like two rolls from Nobu, like what? (laughs) Can you imagine? I mean, this school is for pre-K through 12. I I didn't touch sushi until I was like, I think in my 20s. I refuse. (laughs) Uh, You're eating like 10 a.m. lunch because that's when you'd have lunch at school and it's like a a rainbow roll. Like what's going on? Also, like I hope it's like new sushi every day because sushi doesn't have that long of a shelf life. Like I I went to public school in New Jersey. The food could last three years. (laughs) Like the slice, the square slice of pizza had 12 feet of grease on it. So it would be able to last. I don't think like a rainbow roll has that shelf life. I like a lot of the other things too. I mean, you know, the teachers, basically they're saying that they raised a lot of concerns and then they were fired in retaliation for raising concerns. But I love like some of the things that they observed that, you know, Kanye wouldn't allow allegedly classes on the second floor because he was afraid of stairs. (laughs) And then I was like, I want to now look at their house and be like, are there stairs? Wait, that's so true. (laughs) Okay. I mean, honestly, any pictures I've seen of Kim's house freaks me out. So I would develop more fears of home decor (laughs) from this. Curved concrete, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I would just be banging my calves into everything. Like it's so pain. It's uh, hats off to that family for being able to survive that. I think it would be hilarious. I mean, you know, who knows if these cases will actually make it to trial? The trials aren't even set until 2025 because that's how backed up these court systems are. And you know, normally people settle. And of course, Kanye is trying to even just get himself dismissed from the case but I think like I would find some sort of poetic justice for some reason after all of this you know we have Adidas this billion dollar company and what really finally brought Kanye down was the teachers oh absolutely (laughs) the teachers union please yes yes pay them more and give them justice yes exactly (laughs) amazing um okay where can everyone find you? Where can everyone listen to you? Tell tell us, give us all the deets. Well, we're the hosts of Not Another True Crime Podcast, which is out every Monday. And I think you're going to have to come on soon to talk to us about Donda Academy because we just got to touch on it a little bit, but we really want to dive into more of all of that while to give the teacher some justice. Um, so that's out every Monday. And you could find me on all social media at Cashmere Danny, Cashmere with a K. And I'm on Instagram at Sarah Lameem. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining Pop Crime today. Love ya. Have a great day. (laughs) Pop Crime is produced by Sean Kilby, Shannon Sassone, and me, Kiki Monique. Editing by Shannon Sassone. Guest booking by Allie Freelander. And be sure to follow me at The Talk of Shame on TikTok and Instagram. And send your emails to podcast at betches.com. Batches.